0: This is Producer Trent. This episode was recorded last Friday on The Morning Show. Our guests were Izzy Sooty and Polly Sampson and Keisha Thompson. Just to let you know, uh, Keisha had a couple of problems with her internet connection during the show, so you might hear that uh, in the recording. Uh, if you want to hear the the uninterrupted, bandwidth issued podcast, versions of the the poems and music that Keisha did. You can go to her website, keishathompson.com, and check them out there. Stay at Home Festival is supporting artists and venues that are without income for the next whoever knows how long. So you can drop a tip in the tip jar at cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home to support them. And you can go to patreon.com slash bookshambles to support us. Uh, as you know, last week we had to reschedule our planned uh, Patreon exclusive live stream. Uh, that's now happening this coming Thursday at 8 pm. Uh, you'll find the secret link if you log into Patreon. You'll find that there. Robin, Josie, myself, and some special guests. Now, here's the show. <music>
1: Good morning. Welcome to Shambles Stay-at-Home Festival. How are you, Josie Long?
2: Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Oh, Welcome.
1: Oh, yeah, just over here. Here I am. Here. Um, How are you? I'm good. Did you enjoy your day off then?
2: Uh, I did. I can't recall. We we had a takeaway. We're having a takeaway once a week. It was very exciting. Oh, it was date Sorry. night again, was it? no date night is um saturday night you've got to put a rigid arbitrary routine into your life so that you keep your sanity <laughs> Sorry,
1: that slightly worries me that you have actually put your date night on the same night that you do a stand-up gig on cosmic shambles We've actually deliberately... checked
2: tonight. it's on a friday night now
1: oh okay oh uh, it's tonight then yes it brilliant. is brilliant
2: uh at half past eight. I think we haven't heavily publicised that it has changed night, so it might just be the five of us talking to each other. But that's, that's what
1: worried me was because I thought, oh my, you've got a date night, and even in isolation, you've worked out an excuse not to have a date. Really, <laughs> sorry, really sorry, Johnny, but I've got a gig tonight, mate. Sorry, yeah, I've got a gig in the house. Um, I think, you? Yeah, I'm what very your, good. What did you do? I just the normal thing. Well, do you know what? I had a very nice chat with Rusty. I, I talked to Helen Sharman, uh, which was which was great. Uh, the the first British astronaut, and um, then I talked to Rusty Schweikart, which is kind of my my show and tell uh, today. Which was uh, if any of you are watching on Wednesday, I just showed a book called uh, Beyond World, which is uh, Buckminster Fuller and 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 various others talking about possibilities of of, of humanity uh, beyond the planet Earth. And I was talking to Rusty Schweikart yesterday, who was uh, Apollo Nine, uh, which was the mission that test out the lunar module Um, and uh, he did an incredible speech in 1974 it was at an event uh, Lindisfarne once a year these philosophers and some alternative thinkers etc would gather together and uh, he was asked to go there and uh, he, he arrived. And the day before things had been a bit when he arrived, he saw that everyone was a little bit antsy. And what happened was the day before Carl Sagan had done a speech and then someone had asked about UFOs and that made Carl Sagan very angry. And he got very annoyed <laughs> at the person that went about UFOs and then charged off. So everyone was like, oh, it didn't go very well with Carl Sagan, did it? And then also Rust- you
2: can't really charge off the Holy Island of Lindisfarne unless know, it's within is- the appropriate time frame
1: this is in the hamptons in out uh, of new york it's it's an alternative Lindisfarne, named in 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 celebration of the retreat but uh, uh, Thank the you retreat the continue. month uh and um but it was just this incredible speech that he did where he kept thinking i must write my speech and then everywhere he went he'd get distracted so he went up onto a hill to think about the speech and then there was a guy in a shack who was just kind of playing the tabula i think it's called isn't it they those little drums he was playing that and so he got kind of lost in a reverie of thinking about the drumming and then he went oh i really must write that speech and then he finally got to do this speech and he he literally just he went oh i've written one sentence on a, on a card and he spoke for 25 30 minutes huh. about What it was like, because when he was in space on Apollo 9, there was a point where he was doing a spacewalk and the camera wasn't working. So they said, basically, just stay there and we'll just get the camera fixed. And so he was just floating in space with nothing else to do but contemplate. And five years later, he's doing this speech. And it's when he had that moment, which you might have had on stage, where you're saying an idea. And you've only just realized as it comes out of your mouth what you actually think about the world or the universe or whatever it might be. And it was like five years after his that experience in space. He's standing there. And as he starts to talk about the ideas of cosmic birth, that is what the Apollo mission is about. He realizes really what it meant for him. So that's my show and tell because it's on YouTube, not the whole thing, but it amazes me. It hasn't had that many viewers and I don't know why. And if you look up, it's just uh, Apollo 9. Can you put a
2: link up on here?
1: We will do. Yeah, it's Apollo Nine. Rusty Schweikart seeing a world without borders from space. Oh,
2: and, yes. And okay, uh,
1: but it's it's a lot more than that. It's not just. Cause I'm sure you may have heard some of the you know some of the astronauts talk about that before. It goes further than that. And then also you can you can see the recent speeches he was doing on the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11. So that's oh. my show and tell. I could have shown Oliver Jeff- Jeffers' lovely book, but I didn't.
2: This is mine. It's called "Steal as Much as You can. can" by Natalie Leola Right, listen to this. For many, the 2010s have been a lost decade. Tory austerity has created suffering for millions, as well a generation beset with financial insecurity and crisis, yet our TV, film, music, art and literature have never looked so affluent or elite. During a period of immense struggle, the experience of the majority has been pushed to the margins of our collective culture by the legacy media and its satellite industries, making it hard, if not impossible, to challenge those in power. Steal as much as you can is the story of how this happened exploring the mainstream rise of the upper classes and the corrosive effects of neoliberal and postmodern culture by rejecting the established routines of achieving prosperity and encouraging us to steal what methods and opportunities we can from the establishment along the way it also offers hope to a bright generation whose potential has suffered <laughs> under these circumstances a generation who through no fault of its own became increasingly frustrated by our increasingly unequal society and honestly there's never been a better time to read it, given that we no longer have the support of a mainstream party. So give it a go. It looks really fun. I'm glad that I heard an, a level of interaction. <laughs> oh, oh. I'll see you in a minute. My, my daughter is experiencing the fury of the catalyst that was the catalyst to this book. She understands the inequality and she is projecting it and manifesting it.
1: I have to say that book I never apart you yeah, know maybe Rebecca Solnit but apart from that that is the book that most has Josie Long written all mm. over it which I know <laughs> it is it's, it's Art well.
2: emergency the book yeah
1: <laughs> the um so we're joined today by a uh, comedian author broadcaster uh and uh, and actor and oh loads of different things uh but currently in incarceration is he how are you doing Satie? how are you he doing hello is...
3: broadcaster that's nice
1: yeah, we're all broadcasters now, everyone's a broadcaster, even you, everyone out there, everyone out there, you're all broadcasting now. Um, I wanted to, first thing I wanted to talk to you about was, when you came on Book Shambles, you talked about a book which is now getting mentioned a great deal, which is Station Eleven.
3: Yeah, And my friend started reading it at the beginning of uh, this. this pandemic and was like, oh, it's too Do you think, was it not as well known then? Like, I, because I thought it was so good that everyone must know about it. But it's weird, isn't it? When you really love something, it's a bit like a band. You go, everyone must know about this. And it's really surprising when people go, oh, actually, it's, yeah.
1: I I, I think a lot of people, I think it was well known. well known. But I think now it seems that, as you see, because of the current situation, this seems to be the book which people have found most what what was it the first I mean that that was a few years back now what, what why were you drawn to it do you like those kind of uh yeah we talked quite a lot on this about those different dystopian tv series novels etc
3: yeah I do I do I think it's really good to read and watch and look at and listen to stuff that isn't like the thing that you produce because I think mm-hmm. if you only watch stuff that is similar to what you produce your your sphere becomes kind of narrower um and also i don't necessarily I, I i like quite a wide variety of stuff and i do like dystopian stuff yes um i read another one recently i can't remember the title of it. it's like three random words almost like you generate three words from like oh. a citrus something foxtrot
2: something whiskey foxtrot that sounds good but it's not that huh. um keep going It's go one about um people sort of, people sort of on this caper something to do with technology I, I read it it was fun but um okay i'll just i'll list three words and eventually we'll get there i think one of them is citrus
3: um i'll i'll think of it during this during this program i'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll i'll surreptitiously google it but that was very good and i'll find the title of it and that was about um got a kind of um a, a, um basically food and water is running out and this couple had to go and search for for food and water and there's a, co- a complete drought. And it's about the base instincts, I think, within people and how people act when they're in a society versus how they act when they're absolutely desperate and the kind of tribal element within society. So I find it really fascinating. And also, I've always had a deep interest in cults and kind of cult leaders and how cults come about. And, and that's kind of in that novel too. Because I suppose power has you know, a big part to play, doesn't it? In in any kind of catastrophe. Yeah. And even now I think, yes, Gold Fame Citrus by Claire bay Watkins. Thank you. I knew it had the word citrus in it. Do you know what I mean? Gold Fame Citrus is like three words. Yeah. Why can't books just be called this is a book about drought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
4: <laughs>
3: but yeah, that is very good as well, Claire bay Watkins. Um but yeah I think power And now what we're seeing as well is that in a way, the more money you've got, I was sort of reading an article about how people can work from home so much more easily if they're in a kind of more high powered job where they can just flip open their laptop and kind of go, okay, let's have a zoom meeting versus those people who still have to go out and carry on working, who might be in lower paid jobs and kind of everything in between. And it's a complicated thing, but um, yeah, I'm very interested in how people change under pressure. And I think often there are surprises that who you think you are um who you think you are isn't necessarily you
2: know yeah well also that's never really felt more relevant than now I think looking around at kind of what people are and aren't managing to do managing. to do how different people are reacting to this circumstance and and how that reaction changes over time for all of us as well
3: yeah definitely and I think there are good things as, as well. well like I hope there are people who perhaps had been leading I don't know maybe a limited or more solitary or more selfish life and now they're reaching out to their community more and I've done more you know in my community since it started than I ever have before and I've got to know my neighbours more and we're sort of putting things on our doorstep for each other like somehow I ordered like 400 washing up sponges for me. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit I was going into hospital to have my baby and it said earplugs on the hospital list and somehow I ordered 200 earplugs <laughs> <laughs> like massive like like a sweet, remember sweet, sweet shop that had like bombs yeah, yeah. they were in like a big a big plastic jar like that with like so um yeah put these things on the doorstep and say so in the whatsapp group you know come and take and i love that and before that i was extremely selfish and
2: uh... <laughs> oh, no. i um i i tried to use this um sort of app for ordering fruit and veg uh, that a friend of mine recommended and it said look usually this app is for restaurants um so you need to be careful because the unit is a little bit confusing and i was like Listen, I can read Eunice. Don't worry about me. So I ordered like one cauliflower, one cucumber. And I was like, very good, very good. And then I thought 12 eggs. And I ordered 480 eggs. Now thank God they were like, we do not have 480 eggs. These cannot be delivered. Because otherwise <laughs> I would have just had to go around the whole area being like, please take these eggs. And I was like, <laughs> <me so laughs> scandalous. Much. I, I, One Uh, cell phone Yeah, Don't they know that (laughs) the (laughs) whole neighborhood would have been taking photos of this delivery guy just (laughs) stacking hundreds of eggs and also like also like oh my gosh. Yeah, I was so glad. Initially I was like, Oh my twelve eggs haven't come and then I was like, Oh, this is weird.
1: I had that, I I uh I went onto a secondhand hand uh, book site to uh order a book and somehow I ordered uh, about 780 I don't know how that happened
4: <laughs> but uh, the
1: um is can I ask what one of the things that when uh, in, in stand up you had some some lovely letters uh from from your mum the communication you have with your mum and I was wondering about at, 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 at this time in terms of your communication uh with her how how is everything oh, there
3: so lovely if she was still writing letters wouldn't it what happened Would used to letters. write me these very naive letters didn't she from my hometown of Matlock about like local people and how one of them had l- looked at the other one's coat because it was had mm-hmm. a coat for April and then it had been talked about the days and then when I started to read them out on stage she her letters became slightly more self-conscious because she was aware that I was going to read them out and they were still funny but um it's uh, it's a bit like my dad wrote a porno. If the guy had never known that they were doing a podcast about it, um, that he just could have carried on writing and writing and never known. But unfortunately, because it when you know was so successful that people become aware and then they're like, oh, I've got to carry on writing it. But. I think now enough time has gone by that I haven't read them out that I could probably get her to start writing again and then maybe use them as material because I feel completely derelict of creative. I don't know if you guys feel like that too. I, everyone's like, you must be writing loads. And it's like, well, A, I've got two children. One of them's like under two. Mm. But also I feel stuck in this kind of strange bubble where I can't really create anything and I can't,
2: yeah, can't really. So I, I, I think a lot of what I of, what I try and write is either a sort of imagining of the future, usually that's a bit dystopian, or trying to kind of look over how I feel about current events, make a conclusion about that, and then frame a narrative around it. And both of those, it's like, well, we have no idea what the future's going to be like, and we're already in this dystopia. And, you know, I can't get my head around what's happening enough to be like, and this is what we should all be doing, you know? I I haven't (laughs) been clear.
3: Yeah it feels like everything changes on a daily
2: basis and that your feelings change on a daily basis well, doesn't it so
3: it's like yeah absolutely
2: um and also it's the same thing having a, a a toddler and you have this tiny little gap where you're like okay this is my creative time be creative and your brain is just like oh <laughs> we I could know. sit stultified <laughs> i know it's true
3: um but, has it made but, you think oh sorry say about no. my mum my mum's better at technology than I am so she, we're on a whatsapp group now and she um, she's really really great at it and she listens to these roundups every day by this guy called Dr John Cooper I don't know if either of you have watched his talk he is a, a nurse from the north of England and a, a lecturer I think and he's got a lot of medical knowledge and he talks about all the day's events in a very calm way. I don't know if everything he says is correct, but I feel like I really want to trust him because he's got a lovely accent and timbre. So I sometimes watch, it's like, you've got to watch Dr. Dr. John Cooper. And then he, she sort of gives me the roundup of... of... <laughs> I mean, to be honest, any opinion piece about coronavirus, unless, even if you work for, for I don't know, all, all the researchers, all the vaccine, is is conjecture in a way isn't it or it's kind of an angle on it so you know he's as good as anyone else i like his so a, a lot of our whatsapp messages are about dr john cooper it's
1: we funny should say how- there are, there are also very sorry. good sorry. Sources, very good sources of information out there and try and go as much as because i mean what we were talking about the other day is i've i've enjoyed seeing a, a decrease in pundits who are able to just churn out a new opinion on a daily basis they're yeah. still out there but we really th- this should be a lesson and it may well not be learned that we really need to have more people who go well do you know what this is what i actually do my whole life i research this i understand this i look at it through a microscope or i work with those communities or whatever it might be to actually have more of those people as opposed to you know the, the toby youngs etc who you know can churn out an opinion based on on absolutely nothing based on How a about- gut instinct. I yeah, instinct so I, I, I
3: feel like this is the... don't you think it's showing up showing that everyone it's in a way showing that anyone can kind of have a go at having an opinion
4: yeah
2: yeah <laughs> like yeah. So can I say I that this should happen so why shouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to rem- just wanted to remark that I, I found myself definitely in the past week or so feeling just that I just have no time uh, no time to to mince words robin usually the most diplomatic man on earth today named a devilish pundit robin ints pulling no further punches during lockdown let's see how this goes over the next three six
1: i try to avoid the ad hominem you know me looking back at my past i have guilt at some of the things that i've said but
2: but it's hard um, when someone's entire personality is an ad hominem hominem attack on themselves isn't it it's tricky
1: yeah the uh well there are there there have been a certain like uh, we talked about this right at the beginning every single day for the first week I was, if I went on Twitter, I would go, do not press on that trend. That person has some toxic, ill-informed opinion. And then I had a whole week where it was just like, oh, look, Elvis Costello or someone's birthday. Would well, you remember when that lovely person died a few years ago? And then yesterday it returned. There was another pundit and I was going, can I still do it now? Lent's almost over. And I still made <laughs> it through. Um, the, uh, we should find out uh, um, about your book. Show and tell,
3: sure Izzy. So I was going to show the cat jumper, which Josie knows about. The cat jumper is an ongoing thing, which has been going on for four years. This <laughs> has been the bane of my life. It's going to be too small for, for my daughter when I finish it. But it's two cats peering over a wall with paws, looking down on a mouse, which is hangs on by its tail to the jumper and can slot into either of two pockets so um but i can't find it and anyway it's you can imagine mm. it so this is that <laughs> uh, one day i'll finish the cat jumper and i will post it on twitter and then i'll probably lose it on a train the next day like i did <laughs> <laughs> what i just knitted um, <laughs> this um this is a book called um uh the poetry pharmacy and it's tried and true prescriptions for the heart mind and soul i don't read that much poetry um uh, I don't know why I think it's great I think it's perhaps because it's a bit like jazz and you can get some shit poetry and you can get some brilliant poetry and I think sometimes I'm not very good at recognizing early on in the poem
2: whether it's shit or good are we mm-hmm. allowed to swear
1: yeah um, you are. we are now All the <laughs> have changed.
2: also I mean we are but I've said everything but I've said everything by the c word on one or the other day so you know <laughs> And you said the F word, so I was like, okay. um, <gasps> oh no, I did Yeah. It's real life. It's real
3: life. <laughs> it's gritty. It's broadcasters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so terrible poetry perhaps, or mediocre poetry or good poetry. I think perhaps I'm not good at the beginning of the poem at detecting, um, but that's no reason not to, to read it. And I think sometimes um, poetry can sort of get through where where other things can't. It can sometimes feel quite piercing, like you just need it's like having a shot it's like taking a, a shot of tequila or something um and it can sort of the, the meaning of it can get through to you depending on how you're feeling so this book it was sent to ellis my partner who is who is a real broadcaster um, <laughs> how he described himself on his on our son's birth certificate broadcaster and was really serious about it and then he went round to the other side of the man's computer and looked over his shoulder to
2: check <laughs> that he's typed in broadcaster I am. Um, I wanted to put film star to put film star on my daughter's, but uh, after a, a considered debate, we d- decided that was not representative.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. What did you put? I don't Only...
1: even remember. I didn't even remember you have to put you career. You put D Robin.
3: Oh. i bet you put comedian that's not a really-
1: <laughs> no i wouldn't I'd, i hate things like that i'd um, i'd writer. probably just put writer or something like that yeah. I'd, I'd put something with as much you know a, a looseness of interpretation i think
2: we, we both-, both put comedian because we thought it'd be funny on her birth certificate to have comedian comedian
1: and, and then find out genetically you know there how, how, how that works if you both have both have the comedian gene so that's yeah that's uh the journey we will study <laughs> what
3: did you put is it we both put comedian on betty's uh for that sort of reason um and then he transitioned to broadcaster And stefan's he put broadcaster i think i put writer and it was like we'd grown up. <laughs> in a way, it was like, oh, we're not putting comedian, comedian anymore. I'm published sorry. author. You should just put oh, that.
1: Published, published author. Published. Are we, I'm published author. Yes, yeah, published. Yes, it has to be published. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your poem? Which one have you, cho- have you chosen one from?
4: That?
3: So there's loads of great ones in here. So, yeah, I someone sent this to Ellis when I was quite poorly in my second pregnancy, and um, he mentioned it on air, and they sent this which was really lovely he gets sent some things like knitted effigies of himself which um perhaps not quite as useful but this has been very useful in the pandemic um so this is called nobody and it's by michael lasky and it on the left hand side it says the condition and it's supposed to help with various conditions so this this poem helps with lethargy um but it's also use useful for self-isolation and um loss of pleasure in life which you know it would be an understatement to say that you know some of us might be going through <laughs> at the moment. um so yeah nobody if you can't bring yourself to build a snowman or even to clench a snowball or two to fling at the pine tree trunk at least find some reason to take you out of yourself scrape a patch of grass clear for the birds maybe prod at your shrubs so they t- shake off the weight straighten up or just stomp about, leaving prints of your boots, your breath steaming out. Promise, don't let yourself in for this moment again. The end of the afternoon, drawing the curtains on the glare of the garden, a whole day of snow, nobody's trodden." Um, When I read that, I first of all felt like, oh, we don't have a garden. Um, (laughs) Thanks, we don't have a garden, so I can't (laughs) stomp about. (laughs) I also um then thought that's lovely um because the problem I had early on in lockdown was that we were completely self-isolated for 14 days because my daughter had a temperature for one day I don't think she had it but then obviously kids can have low symptoms so we followed the advice we didn't leave the house for 14 days my back was very bad and we just got out of a routine so we didn't um we didn't I didn't get dressed till midday, for example. I'd have a bath for my back and, you know, um, we, she was just kind of watching telly quite a lot and which I don't think there's anything wrong with doing this, but there was no structure whatsoever. It wasn't like she drew a picture and then watched telly bath and just, And then when I read that, that was the thing that made me put some structuring because I was like, I'm starting to get a bit low really because there's no... I'm just wearing tracksuit bottoms and I'm not... So once I started to make everyone get dressed and kind of go and do one thing like a fitness video or something or even just jump around to a song at nine that really helped and that was like I don't know I felt like I was actively doing something um, rather than just being passive so that was yeah. what that poem said to me
1: really we're all trying we all trying try to evade the feeling of that the Sundays that used to exist in our childhood mm. um we got to, I just quickly mentioned we're going to go over to uh, it, uh shortly we're going to um, join uh the author Polly Sampson and and lyricist and I was going to mention uh that the reason that we do these and the reason that we started these uh three weeks ago just just over three weeks ago was there were threefold one was we wanted to create some kind of connection because very early on we realized joti and I and Trent we were talking about the fact that a lot of the people who come some of the shows that we do they really kind of uh um they uh they sorry i've just seen something on the screen and no it is you next keisha just so you know i was just talking about what's going to be coming up uh after you anyway so uh it's quite confusing today uh anyway we're just doing it to try and get some kind of connection with people and try and get some kind of funding as well for some of the artists that haven't really got any uh any means uh at the moment of 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 making money and a lot of the artists you everyone i think think that, that most artists make a lot of money, and of course, a lot of them. I was just talking about this with Stuart Lee actually this morning, and, and Stuart, by the way, is on on, on Monday. Uh, there are going to be things like bands that just don't exist, and people who just go, "Do you know what? I'm just going to have to stop doing this." And also, art centres and small venues yeah. where a well lot already thrive.
2: A couple, a couple of days, days ago, the tricks in Brumsgrove said that it's going to have to close. It is really sad to see. And I just think whatever we can do to try, because as well in times like this, and if we're looking towards there being kind of a big recession, you can totally see that, that people will start treating the arts as if they're a luxury and expendable and They're not, they're a part of everything that is important and they feed into everything else and everything else feeds into them. So it is really important. Also, listen, some of us may not be the wealthiest of people, but some of us got an email this morning from Cardo saying that as a valued customer, some of us get a priority delivery once a week, just for being bougie. So, you know, there's some things that money can't buy, but can buy a bit considering it's Cardo, but nonetheless...
1: Well, I just watched Both a lot of people of- say, I take my hand away from the donate bucket." now <laughs> no, just- I've seen. Well, I've seen a member of the liberal media elite sitting there in her ivory basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: You'll get 480 eggs from a cardo.
2: <laughs> That's all I'm going to order from now on. Once <laughs> a week, 480 eggs. And then I'm going <laughs> to rig up a little sort of cart and I'm going to pull it around saying, essential eggs. <laughs> That's my new life so the uh you
1: should watch uh Flaming- if you've never seen it john waters movie there where the the with the Eggman. now we're going to go over to someone who uh her work she uh i last worked with her at the the larry in manchester where we're doing nine lessons of carols for curious people uh keisha thompson's written something that is uh very beautiful and something that mixes uh her own uh not merely love but also a career in science also with ideas of fatherhood and it is called man on the moon and hi, keisha, uh, she's how are here you? now hi keisha how are you are you all right hiya brilliant yes you are working this is right. working this is um, now uh you were were you still touring man on the moon when when isolation began
5: yeah so i was supposed to go to um, to the mac and uh yeah lost that gig that was a bit annoying but we're having conversations about how i can do it next year or the end of this year so that's positive but um yeah it felt very strange um, and I think this whole thing feels quite linked to this material because my dad is a recluse um so I feel like we're all having to live how my dad lives on mm. a daily basis
1: yeah yeah I was I was weird yeah I was I was weird I was I was talking to uh Alan Moore yesterday and uh, he said I'm finding it fine I was way ahead of the curse I've uh, sure. curve I've been isolating now for 10 years mm. um the uh so this man on the major uh can you give us a little bit for those people who don't know i mean it's been incredibly well reviewed and 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 really revered and and i know it's had a a very positive effect on a lot of people can you just give us a little bit of the background
4: of that
5: yeah so it's about my relationship with my dad i got a commission from stone theatre in manchester and then was supported by contact as well and um I just got given free reign to make a show and I was thinking very much about my dad because I'd not heard from him in five months because we communicate mainly through letters and books um, because as I said the way that he lives his life, um, I was like contacting him and stuff like that. So um, a kind of gap of communication threw up the fragility of our relationship and made me have to like confront responsibilities that come along with being a child that you might have to go and look after your parent. And it made me confront questions around mental health and masculinity and fatherhood and his kind of identity as a black British man and how that's impacted me and how I understand myself. Um, So that's what the show is about. Um, And it's literally just a journey from my house to his house. Uh, But it's just kind of sprinkled and peppered with loads of memories and songs and musings.
1: Brilliant. well would you uh you're going to sing two pieces you're going to sing two pieces uh from it which is the yeah. first one
5: uh, the first one's called like him and i hope this all works because this is the first time that i've like performed for my bedroom
1: <laughs> we should say that, 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 that every now and again every now and again the connection also sometimes it might but uh i hope you still get a sense of this this magnificent work in him now.
5: thank you
4: They say I have his eyes, the broadness of his nose. They say I'm like him, like from the king in my head to the wheel of my clothes.
5: orbits and perfect circles and ratios, but some words they have a special meaning don't they that only makes sense to you because to me eccentricity is like a feeling it's that feeling at 6am when i open my door to find a homeless man pushing books about quantum physics through the letterbox a beard as grey and tattered as his socks Hair like a platinum crown of electromagnets. Constant. He's got freckles all over his hands and his face like butterfly eggs on a cabbage leaf. He's got a face that never seems to age and a concave body that never seems to put on weight. His sunken cheeks, they speak of countless days sipping chicken soup and breakfast tea. He's got wide eyes. With camel-like lashes, and I see flashes of how handsome he used to be from behind his dry pale skin, because it's translucent. In the art of simple living, and he smells like old paper, uh, page endings, and sympathetic dust. He smells like an unread story, the novel that you glance at at the top of your. The overloaded bookcase and somehow that feels like enough.
2: Thank you so much. That was beautiful.
5: Thank you. It feels so weird not having any like response. I'm like, ah, can you hear it? I know. <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: well, it's, we it's, brought, Sorry, Josie.
2: No, no, but it, no, no, but it's such an odd hint of the. Of the um, total of performance as a performer, it's like okay, I am doing it, but I could just be doing this to nobody. No, I loved it. Thank you so much. Um, and we're going so yeah, to come back. And we're going to we're going to come back.
1: We're going to come back to you at the end if that's okay. Uh, what we're going to do uh, is uh, we're going to try and improve the connection by we're we're all going to drop out right at the end, which will just give you the because oh, okay. I know because it was it, we we still got a sense of the beauty of of, of the song and it was still great. But we're going to try and make sure that for the second song, if that's all right, if we come back to you in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Uh, then we'll get it. This is a great thing. This is one of the things that we're learning on a daily basis. Is who has the best internet provider and who's <laughs> slightly let down. But that was brilliant. That was. Uh, I remember seeing that that in, in Manchester. It's a fantastic song. Uh, um, Man on the Moon. Find you... out. We'll see Keisha at the end, and we'll find out uh, and and find out more about her work as well. Go and look up Man on the Moon.
2: Yes, I want to ask whether you have plans to record the show or whether you've already recorded the show.
5: Um, yeah, I've got a recording of it. I usually send to like programmers. It's not like filmed in a way like empty live or anything um, but yeah i've got an EP and i've got a book with the script and some poems that i wrote alongside it and all that kind of jazz but yeah if you wanted um a link to the show i could send one to you
1: there will be links under under this uh as well so anyone who wants to find out <laughs> more uh, you will find out that with all the stuff that we do uh there, there are links put up at cosmic shambles under these things as well but keisha we will see you again in about 10 15 minutes thank
2: yeah. you so much thank see you. Again see you See
1: okay. um, this is my, my VIP. vip
2: ocado and my vip link to the show
1: just stop! Right now, we've actually asked people are asking if they can have their donations back. Now, <laughs> now they found out not only That's the auditor, right but, yeah, but, okay okay but they found out you're the egg queen as well, and and it's oh, just um the uh oh by the way we've just found out with it, it, it's dr john campbell not dr john cooper so if you go to Dr. John cooper, cooper uh he may will be giving Cooper's entirely different uh information um we are now going to uh join uh novelist and lyricist i mentioned before uh polly sampson hello polly am i turned on
4: oh yes yes hello, yeah, hello. We could, yes, yes. hello. i found hello. a teenager, teenager to help Hello. And, and technical
1: me. advisor this is a wonderful yeah. thing that hey, people that's
2: have there. The, that's the term technical advisor I,
1: I, I think I we've think all I, I do, I much, do the much the same, same thing I have I a 12 year old who is my predominant advisor handy. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I had
2: media <laughs> consultant
1: I'm the,
6: so glad I had a child
1: <laughs> and the, uh, yeah now you found out
6: I knew there's a reason yeah <laughs> the
1: before we we, talk, so we about, talk about your your new book Theatre of Dreams, I want to talk a little bit about um, the uh, the the lyrics you wrote um, for the album Rattle That Lock, and in particular the the that that title track Rattle That Lock, because you wrote it because of kind of a, a fear, I suppose, of, of of apathy and a reminder of of action. And I wonder how you feel now in this particular situation where. We are seeing some of those things going on now, as as Josie and Izzy were talking about as well. We we are seeing people take action, and we are seeing people in terms of uh, in in their neighbourhoods, etc. I, I just wanted your reaction that. to that.
6: Well, I mean, there's action and action, but I mean that song was written in um, at a moment when people really couldn't take action because they weren't allowed to, to to ever, you know, have any sort of um, protest movement of any move of, of any meaning because everyone was being slammed into prison and not being allowed to gather in places and kind of shake their fists against um things that were really kind of wrong and um and now we're all locked down and I suppose if we're going to rattle that lock we have to bloody well sanitize it first um, (laughs) yeah yeah no it's it's um yeah it's weird it's weird I mean what are we supposed to do now I mean apathy is the thing that we're all suffering from but it's but now suddenly it's been imposed on us and it's not something that we're doing through choice we're now doing nothing because there's nothing we can do apart from you know talk scream write stuff how do you Um, find
2: as a as a writer how have you found this because uh, we speak we're speaking every day to different creatives and so many people are finding it just so difficult to create in these circumstances oh
6: impossible i mean I can't, I, I just, I'm just in, I feel like I'm in shock every day yeah. at the moment. It's that, that is the closest I can think. I mean, I'm awake all night, which is horrible, and um, just genuinely can't get back to sleep. And that's never been a problem. But it's the daytime also where it's just this feeling of shock. And people are sort of talking about the books they're reading, and that's really great. But I can't, I can't read a word. Mm. And I don't know what I'm re- even doing with, with myself. I don't know why I'm so tired, except that I remember why I'm so tired which is it's this bombardment of kind of confusion about what the future is going to be and if they're even, Sorry, I don't want to be a real downer on this. but, yeah, but I think we all know, feel the
2: same. It's yeah. I, I think I, I, it's heartening in a way just, just to, to understand that everyone is going through these same feelings of kind of reeling and all yeah. I do now is play pe- random people on chess.com. Uh, yeah. That's my whole life. I think and that's
6: just- quite an achievement, to be honest. <laughs> I, li- I think I just wander around in circles all day, just kind of. And I'm not even aware of thinking about anything that constructive. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm doing. And then at night it all kind of rushes in. But, I mean, this is, I, I kind of elect to live in a shed in my mm. normal life because I write and that mm. is what I've been doing for the last few years. But this is very different, you know, when it's when you're not electing to do it, it's a very, very different thing, isn't it, I mm. think.
1: Mm. But isn't there something, I mean, watching, for night with Emily Maitlis talking about the fact that this is not uh, you know this is not a disease which is is all about uh, the equality of opportunity that in fact this is a disease and and with certainly the statistics we're seeing in America again where uh, I I think they've they've been even uh, sharper some of the people gathering who are the people most likely to uh, become ill that I've not seen that kind of thing on the BBC where someone who is a news anchor will say something which previously everyone, you know, the number of people who would have zoomed in and shouted yeah. something about balance or whatever. So mm-hmm. in some ways, yeah. that new focus and the thing we've talked a lot about on this before as well is seeing experts, again, finally properly elevated to a position where they can talk from, from experience and knowledge. That gives me some kind of hope as well in this uh, isolation.
4: I don't know how yeah. you feel.
6: <laughs> do i feel any hope um i have no no i don't know whether i feel any hope really that's why i don't i I'm, i've got no idea i've got no idea what's gonna what's gonna happen I've, I've really that's the problem i i just can't form any cogent thoughts about whether this is gonna really change people or not change people i mean it has to change people it has to change you know the world um but everyone's still so so kind of there's so much constant concentration on our little island and what our little prime ministers doing and whether he's mm-hmm. going to get better or not and actually it's such a waste of noise because mm-hmm. this is a global problem and it's always been a global problem I mean you know even before this virus we had a global problem and we needed global solutions mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. and now we're still we're still talking about our little island and our little prime minister and it's just so weird
2: and Where similarly we- like it's it's so depressing not to see the really whole world like, how can we pool medical resources yeah, as opposed yeah, to like yeah, we've
6: got no, these you know? Yeah, exactly. still you've got this feeling of who is the who is the sort of who is the, the, the you know big farmer guy who's actually got the bloody cure and is just waiting for the best and optimum moment to sort of release it when, you know, it's just horrible. It just makes me feel even more sick than usual if I actually dwell on on it, but uh, I, I would I just say nothing.
1: Nothing. I think there are very positive. I mean, I would say it's worth looking. You know, talking to people, things like the Francis Crick Institute and organize. And I do know that a lot of scientists they are all working together and yeah. they're working together internationally. That are sometimes these stories aren't as you said. Unfortunately, the main story on the front page is something that Stanley Johnson said, which, as you yeah. said, so, so so parochial and detached from all the other people who are currently suffering. But talking to the scientists, I think I'm hearing a lot of good things about again international communities pooling their resources yeah, everything else on the exciting. table this is what we're focusing on
6: yeah as long as we don't listen we don't trump, listen to trump it should be okay if we can <laughs> kind of focus on you know scientists and people who are trying to work together and not people who are trying to just uh, Isolate and profit.
1: Yeah. I, I, I went to Headphones. They actually uh, <laughs> they, 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 they work really well.
2: That's yeah. like yeah. those you films can get that replace things that you don't like with pictures of kittens. Yeah. yeah. So oh, God. You, that, you, know, you go yeah, on a news me. site, that's all <laughs> yeah. you can see is just a thousand kittens. I, although, yeah what this has been this conversation has already been helpful for me because i've been thinking about the fact that as oh, a no i'm getting a phone call <laughs> oh no
6: <laughs> hang on but, go away phone call
2: i okay. Okay. don't oh, see that was good Sorry. the technical advisor stepped in oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <I've been> <laughs> The uncertainty <laughs> is, so, is so paralyzing. Because, but then I just thought, well, firstly, I can write about what I hope would happen and what I hope would not happen. Also, I could hedge my bets and write five different possible outcomes, sit on them all, and then whatever happens, yeah. oh, I predicted it. <laughs> I don't need to know about the ones that yeah. weren't right. There must be people who are writing this thing, oh. presuming, and somebody just by. Anyone didn't can love. write anything. <laughs> yeah, no, me too, me too completely. Well, we should yeah, talk
1: about the fact that you have uh, your 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 new novel, Theatre of Dreamers, is uh, and you do, you've done two. I highly recommend anyone to have a look at the events that you've done, where the whole family are gathered together yeah. and 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 uh, and 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 your husband David is singing songs, and it's it's oh. it's, it's it's great. Um, but. This is uh, about the kind of bohemian environment around Leonard Cohen in a particular period of time, in the 1960s, and, it, and it's also about, it's about death, and it's about, what drew you to that story? I know you are a big fan of Leonard Cohen, aren't you?
6: Yeah, actually, a- absolutely everything except Leonard Cohen. And um, for a long time, I couldn't write this book because of Leonard Cohen, because um, I felt completely hamstrung, because um, the book is set on the island of Idra, where Leonard Cohen famously had a house. But the people who really interested me were some other people who were there at the same time who were the people that Leonard Cohen credited with sort of teaching him everything that he knew about writing, who were an Australian couple um, called George Johnson and Charmaine Clift. And I wanted to write about them. And as I researched their lives, I discovered to my horror that Leonard Cohen had been there at the same time as them. So at first I thought I could just have to write this novel which I, I was so committed to writing because the more I researched them, the more interested I became. They're like the Ted and Sylvia of Australia, but it's particularly <laughs> the wife, she's just a charming cliff. She's just this amazing writer and a, an incredible proto-feminist. And, um, and then I kind of got these 1500 photographs of them in the year that I wanted to write about them. And there was blinking Leonard Cohen in all mm. these pictures. And there was my, my character I wanted to write about with her head on his shoulder. So then I thought, well, oh, that's okay. Cause he was a 25 year old poet at the time and he'd gone to this island to write his first novel. So I thought, well, he, was, he had a really great work ethic. So in my novel, he can just walk past occasionally whistling and I just need never put him in it. He could just be it's sort of, I could just describe him shambling off to kind of get coffee and then go back to his novel and he need never speak because the idea of putting words in Leonard Cohen's mouth is just so appalling to me. And so I went back to the island um, to sort of start the, the book and weirdly, while I was there, he died. And so that became the opening of the novel. And then suddenly I was free to put him in, mm. in, a, in a way, because I think I just had this sort of horror that I'd bump into him and he'd kind of go, you, you, you know, I mean, as if Leonard Cohen <laughs> was even gonna do that, but it was just such a horrible, horrible thought. Um, and yeah, so then, um, so the novel opens with um, my character who's called Erica, looking back on her life and it's on the day that Leonard Cohen's died.
1: Um,
4: yeah, so
1: that's it, really. <laughs> I was interested that in sometimes I've seen you interviewed, and, and when people have brought up the idea of, of books being autobiographical, obviously not this one, but that, and you say no, no, it's you know sometimes they're from family stories, but you don't yeah. feel that you're, you're. And do you find sometimes with the distance of time, I've spoken to a few authors where they go, it's only now, twenty years later, that I realised what I was actually writing about, what I was oh, actually absolutely. experiencing.
6: Yeah, God, my first book of short stories, I was so outraged. Everyone used to interview me and say, Oh, so, you know, you know, these are all about you. And i can't get on my high horse and kind of go, Absolutely not. And then I saw them the other day and I read them and I thought, How are any of my family still talking to me? This is appalling. <laughs> How is it that my brother can bear to be in the same room? And I did that to him. But I had no idea that that's what you have no idea. Your subconscious, your preoccupations, you know, you think you're writing total fiction. And you never are, I mean even hmm. with this, someone pointed out, um, what, and so Marianne Elon is a big character in it, and she had this terrible marriage to someone with Axel Jensen before she met Leonard Cohen. And in fact, there's this sort of terrible karma for this guy, because actually he was, he was a hugely successful writer in his lifetime. He was kind of the Jack Kerouac of Norway. He kind of, his first novel was made into a big film and on the proceeds of his books, he bought sports cars and a house <laughs> on Hydra and a you know, racing boat. And he is remembered in history as, oh, the man that was married to Mac, Leonard Cohen's Marianne. I mean, <laughs> and that is like some karmic thing. Yeah. That is how he's remembered, because actually he was really horrible to her and horrible to women in general. And, um I was um I sort of first marriage was to um actually he's now sadly died, but to a poet. And I wasn't thinking I had any connection to this story. But then as I was researching Axel and Marianne, I started thinking some of this seems quite familiar, this sort of someone else being drawn into someone's obsession and somebody kind of having, you know, their relationship breaks up when they have a baby because actually I mean I've sort of said this elsewhere that this idea of the muse is nonsense. It's just a grown man who needs a mummy you know it's it's nonsense the muse it's rubbish you know and as Leonard Cohen sort of said you know Marianne put a gardenia and a little sandwich on his desk every day well that's kind of what a mummy would do you know so that (laughs) baby can do nice crayon pictures you know I do think that's why this idea of the muse is you know goes so wrong when people actually have an actual baby because suddenly you know the the person who needed this muse finds that their muse is inconveniently you know breastfeeding someone else but um so um sorry (laughs) (laughs) anyway I was then when I was researching Axel I was at the V&A and I found um, a thing on their revolution um, exhibition that they had and there was a a poetry reading in 1968 and my ex and Axel had read on the same bill it was so weird so you do start seeing that there are these things where you think it's all made up but actually the thing that's drawn you to a story in the Mm. first place often are that there are shared preoccupations I think
2: well, and I also think that no matter how much you think you're, how much you think you're hiding in your work, it's you yeah. writing it. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That it's that simple, not simple not isn't it? it. Yeah. But what's interesting to me is that I do find that women writers in particular, people obsess over the um, autobiographical hints in their work in a way that with male writers it doesn't happen in the same way. And I sort of think that it comes from people sort of going... Oh well, this must just be her talking about her life. She can't have yeah. fictionalised this. She can't in this like yes, no nothing that at, at all. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, crazy. There's yeah.
1: an interesting book you might have read it. The the lives of muses. The, the, the Muses lives. I don't remember the I don't remember of muses. The, the name of the name. author, but it's very and it goes through and and so interesting. The number of times that now in the 21st century, recently, some of those muses people have finally gone. Oh yeah, they were like the Dorothea Tanning exhibition that there was uh. recently. Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Or or Leonora yeah, Carrington. Dora
6: Mayer, or, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had some actual talent. Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like e- e- even uh, marcel ah uh trent's just put it up It was francine prose who wrote uh yeah. lives oh, yeah. um
4: yeah.
1: But it's, it's interesting, you know, Marcel Duchamp, There's, a, there's a, I forget now, there was this incredible character, this this, this uh, eccentric woman who went, who basically came up with the idea of ready-mades. And Duchamp didn't nick it. He kind of, he, he kept mentioning it. But everyone's like, no, that makes it, no, 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 let's just make it the singular artist, the singular <laughs> male artist, which is kind of intriguing. Yeah. So are you, I imagine you were going to be going off to do quite a lot of, uh, um, you know, publicising the book and doing the festivals, etc. So are you going to now regularly do these events, these wonderful <laughs> kind of barn-based <laughs> events that i was mentioning
6: oh the first we we, we we did we did two of the i think of them as the waltons really or the, we've been calling them the von trapped family because yeah. actually <laughs> i am my you know my my children left home well not this this one was about to leave home but oh. but they they're, they're all trapped here with us now so actually as a mother it's kind of like oh my children here we all are together again this is a rare treat but um <laughs> Yeah, so we did one because my son and my daughter-in-law made this amazing set, which was going to be the the, the the place where everyone met on Hydra, this cafe called Katsikas. And because we were going to do these events, this set was kind of you know built by, by my son and, and, and daughter-in-law. And we just didn't want the set to go to waste because it's so beautiful. It's just standing in our barn. So we said, oh, well, we'll do a Facebook thing and, and just use the set. And David and I had written a song that sadly never got finished because... As the lockdown happened, we would just get, there was an amazing fiddle player was going to come and play on it, and our wonderful Louise was going to come and sing backing vocals on it, and all that had to stop. And it's just sort of frustrating when you're just about to kind of do these things and you've got so much to say and sing. So we thought, oh, well, we'll just do one to mark publication day. And people sort of liked it. And um, so, yeah, we did another one last night. Um, and it does give us also, I mean, completely selfishly, it gave us a sort of focus. It gave us something to work you know as we were all wandering around in this torpor at least we thought oh well on Thursday night we are going to do this Facebook thing and so it kind of galvanized us to actually you know Romani kind of was learning the harp and so she learned the piece on the harp that she could do and you know and everyone kind of did kind of get together and do it and it was it was great actually it was really nice I almost prefer doing it from from home than actually having to go anywhere
2: that's a really, oh, really tragic really, truth <laughs> but also something but also something really beautiful about the whole family pitching in together it's yeah. really wholesome <laughs>
6: Yeah, uh, it's very Walton's, isn't
2: it? <laughs> yeah, I think people enjoy that connection.
1: It's all you know. It's so much. Yeah. It's very interesting watching the number of different artists and, and musicians who are you know getting together all over different forms of Zoom or Skype or whatever yeah. and recording together. Um, yeah. The uh, oh, I didn't that's necessarily lovely, need.
2: Yeah, yeah, all I, I want to see is the cast, the cast of... of musicals gradually adding to a Zoom call to build to a chorus. That's all I want to see oh, for the yeah. rest of my life.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> Polly, um, thank Polly,
2: thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Theatre Dreamers
1: much. is it's uh, it's 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 out now. You can get it on on. Obviously, the, the bookshops aren't around. You there are bookshops that are still you know a lot. Of, do look out for the independent bookshops. There's a lot of independent the bookshops. Bookshop. That, Oh new, shop, and one Vivian. of my favorites. She is oh, so great. Every Vivian event we we, we we have Vivian uh new and yeah. bookshop, the big shop, green, the big green bookshop, nosy, uh not nosy crow uh uh, the, uh um, across the country. If you if you can't, a lot of those independent bookshops are still sending out books yeah. and they really uh, and a lot of them were already a little bit on the cusp. And, and Vivian, yeah. you're right, new and bookshop yeah, is no, She's sending out a, books one in her
4: front room. <laughs> she,
1: she's a, 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 amazing. So if you can uh and if you can avoid Kindle and you're prepared to wait a little bit and then have to leave leave the parcel that's what I find my, my friend Jeff who's sending me books I have to leave the parcel on the doorstep for oh, 24 hours so and I know, I there's, know. Books in, there's
4: books and I need <laughs> yes. them
1: so, so try and support those things thanks yeah. so much Polly and thank, thank, thank you very much as well you. for thank the brilliant you. technical advice as well
4: okay, cheers oh
1: um well we uh, we're going to go back to uh keisha we're going to disappear now because we're going to try and make sure the connection's as good as possible as i said uh if you donate uh don't worry i'm not taking any of your money uh, we're sharing it out amongst some of the acts uh who at the moment have said basically their diaries are clear now and we really really hope we're going to make enough to support some of those art centers places like the rondo which is a wonderful small art center and uh the pound in caution and and various others so uh oh I- let's
2: say bye to izzy before we go oh she's well.
1: still here brilliant yes Somewhere, is he? Hello! Hello! That was great. so are you um now do, do you find I presume like Josie the idea of having a structure for a day anyway when you have uh, very small children that never really exists anyway does it it's does always it? a dream it's always a stu- dream of structure
3: it's always a dream structure but I find find that if there is a structure even if you deviate from it there was originally a structure and that makes a difference
2: <laughs> and then when, you do, and then when it, you do deviate from it you're like we've had a really exciting day today because that's against the grain <laughs> yeah yeah
3: yeah, the the nap nap is is, everything centers around the nap, mm-hmm. the baby's nap,
4: really. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the nap is the greatest part of the day, and I love my daughter. And I love any, my daughter more anything in the world, but the nap is the greatest part of the day,
1: <laughs> and, and you, you haven't got much longer either. am yeah. fading out now, Josie. That Don't beautiful, you dare nap. say that. Um, j- just to warn you, <laughs>
2: she'll uh... be napping
1: till she's 19. Yeah. I'll be taking a in the time between thirteen and nineteen. You're fine for napping, and then for some reason it becomes frustrating. So that's a different uh, issue. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, um, Izzy, I know that you've just finished uh, your, first, uh, your first novel. Your so first novels. How is that? How does that feel? I've just finished the first draft. Yeah, sorry, um, I, fine,
3: no, know um, uh, My editor's sending me notes. Um, she was very specific about the day. I don't know how she knew that it would be. I think it's on the seventeenth of April. So then the I'll perfect. start rewriting huh that's my birthday <gasps> wow <laughs> it's the present i wanted anyway sorry yeah, to be you
2: changed
3: it for me, for, for me to see <laughs> me get my notes on your birthday um, and <laughs> yeah, so um, i'll start doing the rewrites then which will be quite weird doing rewrites about a book that isn't set during a pandemic but yeah that's what i'm doing mainly at the moment that'll be what i'm doing and bits and bobs like
4: this oh well thanks so much for joining us Izzy. it again go and find out New yeah it's radio great shows on BBC sounds they would be
3: wouldn't they my what my radio shows no there's a bit of a fight to get them on there. There. on there they're not on there I had been emailing people about it before all this happened but there's other stuff that I've done on sounds like my podcast and stuff and then um, my podcast the things we do for Love is on um is on the podcasts bit of the phone I'm not very good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you so much
3: for All doing that. Right, cheers tizzy. Care, take
4: care. Okay.
1: Um and uh, also mentioned that tonight as Josie mentioned before uh, she and John Luke Roberts will be doing another of their quarantine, quarantine uh, comedy clubs which is at 8.30 I think
2: tonight live isn't it? 8.30 tonight um, I am not sure of the bill because even though we're stuck indoors I'm still no good at my admin uh, but we do have uh, Anna always... Man,
1: Johnny in the back oh! You know,
2: oh my uh, Oh man, um, what a joy. Um yes, it's Family great. Science yeah. Show tomorrow
1: at eleven o'clock live. That's with Helen Chersky, uh, Dallas Campbell, Suze Kundu, and uh the Scarlet Oak Puppet Theatre as well. So that's family uh science show uh eleven a.m. and on that Easter Sunday. Rubbing. Uh, Sunday, three o'clock each Sunday. Uh, we have Chris Lintot, the astronomer. Uh, we have Helen Chersky again. So, uh, any questions about oceanography, climate change, uh, mm-hmm. physics, physics around the house as well? She's been very interested things about that. And we also have someone who uh, I met in Toronto. It's brilliant uh, Sarah Parkak, who is uh, a space archaeologist which means basically images taken from space uh which mean that we can understand many of the structures which you are not able to see if you're actually just if you're just standing on the earth you are and, and she is amazing and uh, in fact have a look she did an interview with Stephen Colbert a while ago so huh. we need so space archaeology astronomy oceanography climate change send us your questions ask you there.
2: that's so cool what a really cool bill and what's your what's the rest of your day hold robin
1: uh i'm going to be talking to i'm doing lots of interviews for the book still so humanist day today humanist day that's that that, that's what i'm going to be doing and what are you up to
2: um um just very much more of the same i'm hoping to play some chess do some yoga go for a walk you know uh i'm reading uh some of this today i think as soon as i can
1: and, oh, we should mention uh, 10 a 10 a.m. show back on Monday on as well. On Monday we have uh, Stuart Lee will be joining us as well. That would
2: be a lot of fun. He can give us some insight, I think, of all the people I trust. It'd be all him the people and I trust it would be him and Alan Moore. <laughs>
1: uh, we'll never get Alan Moore on this level of technology. <laughs> just one Baker-like phone at his house. He'll write uh, us a
2: letter <laughs> and we can read it out. Okay.
1: Um, we'll hand back to Keisha. Keisha, thank you so much for joining us uh, again. We're going to disappear. Uh, this is another song, isn't it, from uh, Man on the Moon?
5: Thank you. Yes. Thank you.
1: Thanks Thanks very much, Keisha. And uh, keep up to date with her work. Bye bye. See you over the weekend.
5: Okay. So this song is called Sometimes um, and it's about me imagining me hugging my dad because I've not done that. Uh, Here we go.
4: Sometimes I Sometimes I Like to imagine Sometimes I Like to Imagine what it Would feel like If I Sometimes I Like to imagine What it would feel like if I uh, uh, Feel his on my neck Fit myself into the cave of his chair Play dog to dog with freckles on his forehead And I want to know What does he smile like? What does he smile like? What does he smell What does it smell What does it What does smell What does smell does it smell
0: don't forget cosmicshamblescom shambles.com slash stay at home to catch up on all the previous episodes find out who's coming up on upcoming episodes and to leave a tip for acts and artists and venues who are hit hardest at the moment and if you'd like to support us at the cosmic shambles network patreon.com slash book shambles <laughs>